0: Alright, what's up everybody? Episode 1 of Cat 4 Questions. I was going to call it Cat 5 Questions, but someone told me there's no more Cat 5, so we're going to go with Cat 4 Questions. And now I'm very confused because I got an email from a guy that said, Yo dog, I'm registering for blank blank race. Do I register for Masters or for Cat 5? So maybe that's a Cat 4 question. (laughs) There's no Cat 5. Um, what is a Cat for? So I realize only about there's about thirty thousand of you from the U.S. that go to our blog, and the other forty five are from a ton of other countries. What up, UK, Canada, and Australia? Top three. Cat Four is a beginners beginner bike racer. So not necessarily cyclists. You will have your freak athletes in there that just ride away from everyone. Um. You used to have to do 10 races to become a cat four, just automatically upgraded. So depending on what country you're watching from, it is your newbie bike racer. So just learning, asking all the questions that we've all asked, but it dawned on me when we did an in-person just like bike chat, whatever, a really, really experienced cyclist said, well, wait a minute, what's TSS? And I was like, oh, snap, okay. We need to rewind a little bit. Like, don't make assumptions. So, I'm going to highlight four Cat4 questions a week, hopefully. Um, Pop these videos out and get some answers. Please submit your questions. I won't shout you out if you don't want to be. You know, sometimes I like to screenshot stuff on Instagram. Hit us up over there. Um, Question one. I started road racing and the calendar is super busy on Sundays. My question. Should I complete my workouts as normal or how do I just adjust? This is kind of from the last video, but I thought it was a good question. If so, I'm currently going through a build and I tapered for the first race, but then I have a race the following weekend. What do I do? So the question that I really wanna address here is tapering for races and the idea of what does an A race mean and what does a B race mean? So you can't taper for every race if you race a lot. If you're racing every weekend and you have a bike race on Saturday, so you do like a pretty hard workout. I don't want to say hard workout. We need to define what this like Tuesday workout is. It's like going out and getting maybe 70 TSS in an hour, throwing some efforts down, but not coming home throttled, right? And then you're doing like endurance and openers on Wednesday. Thursday you're resting, Friday opener, Saturday race. Now if you ever race the next Saturday and you do like a group ride Sunday and you recover Monday and you do that again, your fitness is going to be super flat and you're never going to reach your highest high. So that's why as a bike racer you want to pick events that whatever for whatever reason, maybe the A race is going to be a race that is like super prestigious in your area. When I lived in the Northeast, Green Mountain. If you could win a stage at Green Mountain, I don't care if you're Cat 5, 4, whatever, that's a big deal. Everyone's going to that race from like 8, 10 hours away. A B race would be your definitely your local training races. Um, Most local races, maybe there's a state championship that's in your local area, that would probably be an A race. But training through a B race which we talked about, I think, in the last blog, is where you're more still doing a hard workout, not just a 70 TSS, doing your hard workout on Tuesday, doing a moderate workout on Wednesday, and then you can say, okay, Thursday I'm going to take off, Friday I'm going to do openers, and I'm going to go race on Saturday. So you're still able to race, but you still got those two solid workouts in, okay? So my reply was just, hey, you know, don't taper for every race, just the really important ones. Excuse me. Or you're really going to lose the ability to get your true, your true best fitness. Um, and so you'll hear the term training through. That's what it means. You're training through the race. You're using the race as a workout session. That's your third hard session of the week. Question number two. I really love SIS gels, I swear to God, I didn't just type this up, with caffeine, but I feel like I shouldn't be popping those every 30 to 45 minutes on a longer ride. Given the half-life of caffeine, maybe one per hour, or is it diminishing returns, what do you think? So, uh, caffeine is really powerful. Um, I never used it during races until this year. Yeah, I know, it's probably not smart. Just when I drink coffee, it makes me go crazy. And then I started drinking way too much coffee and then I'd get kind of like sad. And so I was like, "Ah, I don't really need to like, I don't need caffeine. I'm good without it. Um, But it definitely helps. But the more you take it, the less it's going to have an effect on you, right? So I've actually started lowering my coffee content Um, before I was like, I got this awesome coffee maker and I was really loving it. And so I was like, two pots coffee, whatever. And I'm going to pop a gel with caffeine before my hard intervals and it's just too much. Um, You become too reliant on it. So what I've come down to for long rides, I like it at like hour two and a half. Because once you hit two and a half hours, that's when endurance starts getting hard. And just having that caffeine to dull that like ache that's in the legs and you got to stay on the gas... Um, Or before crucial moments of an interval session, like before you're going to go bang the hardest interval, I might do that. Or if I'm working capacity, meaning doing like trying to hit eight intervals, I'm going to do the first four without it, crush one halfway through and be like, all right, last four. This is when it gets really hard because everybody can get through the first three or four. It's the last four that are really difficult. And I'm going to tangent off that. If you fail in the last four of a capacity thing, it just shows that it's something you have to work on. I had an athlete that isn't doesn't work with us anymore. Got really pissed off every time they failed like a fifth effort. That's really hard. A lot of people aren't even going for five or six efforts on some of these workouts. Like, don't don't be so negative to yourself because you can't complete every possible part of a workout. Like, there's if you can complete forty minutes of some hard stuff sometimes that's really good. Don't don't be so hard on yourself. Okay, hey. This is a quick question. Hey, I'm riding at 5 a.m. What's the fueling suggestion? So if I do a group ride, I don't ride that well when it's that early. um, Mainly because you don't get to eat. Uh, 60 to 80% of your liver glycogen is used overnight. Um, You still supposedly have your skeletal uh, glycogen stores. I don't know the data of how much of that. If any is used, some say none. Um, But you know, when you ride super early, you just don't have as much gas in the tank. So what I try and do is just take a gel or a sports drink. Um, You guys know I use Science and Sport Go as opposed opposed to beta fuel, because I like to eat gels. And if you take beta fuel, you really can't be popping too many gels. Um, But I would use beta fuel in a super early morning situation or like before a big gravel race, when they start at frickin' five in the morning six in the morning, so that's part of my meal. I'm just trying to take things that I would eat on the bike because you're about to be on the bike in an hour. Um, I'm not eating solid food at 4 a.m. for a 5 a.m. ride. Okay, hey, I'm tapering for a Big Grand Fondo event. I realize that it's not supposed to be a recovery week because I come back feeling somewhat stale and my legs have a hard time pushing. It's pretty normal. Um, we have been experimenting with a kind of like a version two rest week. That's been working pretty well. Um, Any suggestions for these last two weeks? So yeah, I mean, it's really the, it's a hard thing to sometimes explain because some of it is by feel, but if you follow the idea, that's the one thing that I think people can kind of screw up is this really, really long overdrawn taper. And if you look at the literature that's been there for a long time showing that, People do better for neuromuscular, hard, quick, short efforts with more rest, which is why when I have athletes come off a rest week, we test neuromuscular durations that don't usually get max wattages to keep their PD curve healthy. Now, if you're going to go do a grand Fondo, where you need to be able to still ride 100 miles, you need to, I would, that weekend before, I would still ride 60 miles. Okay, And if, you're, if you ride a lot, I'd ride 70 miles. Easy, but keep the body knowing that like, hey, I'm still, still riding long, still gonna go be on the bike for five hours next weekend, six hours next weekend. Um, and during that week, you're just dropping the volume, keeping the intensity. Do some openers. Openers are five by 30 seconds at your VO2 max power. VO2 max power. Max it out at 120% FTP, Do not go set your PR for sprints. Like some people go do openers and they're just like, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. Just keep the body knowing that, um, it's going to be riding hard on the weekend. So episode one in the books, four cat, four questions, hit me up with your questions next week. We're looking at Watts per kilogram. We're looking about looking at an FTP test, glycogen depletion, and fasted riding, and cyclocross. See you guys. Thanks for watching. Please like, subscribe, share, help us out. Appreciate you more than you know. See ya.